Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Resiliency and Running podcast. My name is Liz, and I will be your host. Today, we are chatting all things post-marathon blues, as well as reflecting on all of my races in 2023 and what I've learned and what I will carry into 2024. So just sit back and relax, and we'll just jump right into the episode. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I am excited to be recording today because I'm just excited to be talking about running because I'm still not running post-marathon, so you betcha I am deep in the post-marathon blues at the moment. And if you guys have been listening to the podcast for a while, you would have remembered an episode that I did with Emmeline about post-marathon blues and just how that affects you mentally. So I will link it in the show notes of the episode. If you haven't listened to it, you can go ahead and check it out. But I'm just, I'm excited to record today because I just miss running so much. So I'm really excited to also reflect on my races in 2023 and just how far I've come. And I'm really excited to kind of like reflect reflect on that and just talk about different things that I have learned with each race and sort of what I will be carrying into 2024. But before we get into that, let's of course start with some highs and lows for the week. All right, so as you can probably tell, my low for the week is that I just simply missed running and I'm at the stage now where I'm not sore anymore and I'm not like feeling that post-marathon soreness or illness of any sort. So I am very much like really just missing running and really hoping to get back into it very soon. But by the time this episode is released, I will be back running. So mentally, I will have my sanity back. And yeah, I think that's kind of my low for the week. It's just that like, I think with like not running, and taking a break from running sometimes you get to a point where you start to realize like how much you usually do depend on running for like that mental sanity and clarity so I for one am very very excited to get back into that and my first session back I think is like 20 minutes of running on Thursday and that's something that my coach scheduled and she's she was very specific about having me take 10 days off post-marathon which I think has definitely been great and I've never been one to take this much time off and I think it's been both good and bad and I'll talk about that in the episode but I think definitely done more good for me because if you guys have been listening for a while you know that I am not typically one to take breaks in years past but yeah that's I'd say my low for the week but my high for the week is that it is Gabriel's birthday this weekend and we're going away and I am just really excited because I've got a couple of surprises for him in the works as well as on the way so I'm really excited to sort of just celebrate him and spend time with him and I just appreciate him so much because I feel like it's so cool to have a partner that just understands running like like just as much as you and he's been someone that I've leaned on a lot during like especially this last marathon training block but he has helped me just so much He's just helped me in becoming a better runner and just helped me overall just continuing to become a better person. So I'm just very appreciative of him and just really excited to celebrate him. And yeah, really looking forward to our trip away, even though we literally just got back from a trip to the US for two and a half weeks. But I definitely feel like it's going to be a very fun weekend away. So yeah, without further ado, let's just jump right into the episode. All 
All right, so before we get into me talking about my own experience with post-marathon blues and just my races to recap in 2023, I wanted to share a really interesting article that I read that was released this year and published this year on runnersworld.com that I will link in the show notes of the episode all about post-marathon blues and sort of why you may feel a bit flat. So if you've never experienced them before or if you're experiencing them for the first time, it's a really good read just to go through, but essentially it talks about how, you know, when you you finish, for example, like myself, a f- marathon, the feeling of it is completely unmatchable, whether you have a really big high or, you know, it's like no matter, even with my disappointment in my time, it's still like throughout that entire race, you are just riding such a big high and just having like the best time feeding off of the energy of the crowds. But also like, I think you also couple that in with the fact that you've been spending the past weeks, months, you know, however long training for that one event to train try and achieve this tremendous feat and then once you've done it you then feel sort of elated and exhausted and like the proudest that you've ever felt but then like a few days after you may start to feel a bit flat and this is what's known as the post-marathon blues and this can go for any distance it doesn't have to just be a marathon but regardless it kind of just like is the fact that like you've trained so hard for this one event and then you ride the high of that day and like have the best day and then it's almost like you know you kind of come down from that and you realize like you're in this like psychological hangover in the shape of post-race blues and this article is really interesting because it talks about like it talks about people who are not just amateur runners people like Michael Phelps who are you know he was an Olympic swimmer and how he's openly talked about in an article about having like experiencing depression after events and competitions and so it's definitely something that is felt across all athletes and there are a number of factors that can help to explain the feeling of emotional flatness and these may relate to biological psychological and socio-environmental factors and so in terms of biology we know that when we exercise our body releases endorphins and these behave a lot like morphine as they can reduce your perception of pain and trigger feelings of positivity and pleasure so it makes sense when you reduce your training dramatically once the race is over, the absence of the high levels of the chemicals in your bodies might result in a dip in your mood or even increased anxiety. And there's a really fascinating study that was done quite a few years years ago that looked at people who were regularly doing physical activity and they essentially just stopped people from exercising and what they saw was a huge rebound in depressive symptoms and anxiety. The psychological impact of no longer training for a race relates to things like our self-esteem too. So when you think about the psychosocial aspect there's something to be said about getting good at an activity so when you think about like mastering when you think about mastering something it really boosts your self-esteem as well as the social aspect and if you're training you tend to be socialized and if you take that away from somebody you've lost a huge component that biopsychological type setup and when you're training for an event we're also rewarded with a regular feeling of accomplishment as we tick off training sessions from our plans and see our running fitness improve and the resulting mood lift in part comes down to our biology. A chemical called dopamine spikes when something good happens, be it a small win like nailing a training session or something bigger like getting a promotion at work or buying a new house. Like endorphins, dopamine is another neurotransmitter which boosts feelings of positivity and it also spikes when we exercise as well as when we set a goal for ourselves and get closer 
close to achieving them, for example, signing up to and running a marathon. The withdrawal from dopamine in the days following the event could also help explain our drop in mood. Dopamine is linked to our internal reward system called the mesolimbic pathway. I've definitely butchered that. Essentially, this researcher says it can be a positive thing, but it can be a double-edged sword as it can be highly addictive. However, for the majority of society, exercise is brilliant. It's just in rarer cases, it can become a problem in terms of addiction. So how long do the post-marathon blues last? According to researchers, the post-marathon blues don't last for too long and they aren't anything to worry about and it usually clears up pretty quickly and there are lots of things that you can do to make yourself feel better. Most people find it lasts only lasts a few days and during this time, you can try speaking to someone you can chat to in psychological safety about how you're feeling and it's important that you have someone that you completely trust and you know are, is on your side. And if you're still feeling low in mood after two weeks for most of the day and early every day, then this article recommends seeking help in the form of your GP, a mental health professional, as this may indicate something more serious. So what can you do to make yourself feel better? In the immediate aftermath after your race, researchers recommend doing a hot debrief where you lightly write down all the things you can take away from the race, so what went well and what didn't. Then take some time away from running to give yourself time to process your marathon before debriefing on the race again at a later date. Researchers commonly see in high-performance sport, an example would be in Olympic cycles, many institutions have followed that model and that's derived from military-type interventions and medical-type settings. So researchers agree, so the author of these, the author of this article agrees that it's important to take some time away from training, so resist the urge to jump into signing up for another race straight away. You might need time both mentally and physically to rest and recover, and you may also need to earn back some brownie points from loved ones for the single-mindedness you may have needed to have in the marathon buildup. Now is the time to support others for a few weeks in their endeavors, but longer term, do have another race or challenge planned so that you can focus your attention and efforts again. That said, it's a good idea to get some plans in the diary for after your marathon so that you know where you're going to focus your attention once the race is over. It could be a holiday or trying out a different sport for a few weeks, goal setting to work on what you want to achieve next, or giving time back to those who have supported you recently. The author also recommends maintaining the connections you've made throughout your marathon training journey, be it via running clubs or running friends you've made on social media. So having and feeling that sense of belonging to the sport that we do and the community we interact with is incredibly important for motivation. Once you've taken your break, you're more than likely to be able to to view your race more objectively. And it's after you've processed emotions that you can get an objective. So then you can really look at the stats in your performance and how you could do things differently next time. If you miss doing physical activity, build some light cross training into your days, but avoid running for at least five to six days post-race and this comes from advice from a running coach in the article and at this point the coach recommends trying to a test run of 20 to 30 minutes observing any enduring aches or pains however she warns that it's important not to jump straight back into your training routine and your running routine as this will only increase your injury risk burn off your excess energy with one or two weeks of light cross training swim cycle use the elliptical or do other low impact activities every other day for the same amount of time you would otherwise spend running if you experience any soreness minor aches or fatigue take a few days off and rest so this article i think was just really great in highlighting not only sort of just the importance uh, and the reason behind why we feel the post-marathon blues, but as well as how you can sort of combat that, as well as sort of how to combat it in a smart way that supports you both mentally and physically, because I think I'm definitely guilty of having done, you know, seven marathons at this point. I've, I don't think I've ever approached post-marathon rest and recovery 
the way that I have now. And it's mostly because my coach has been pretty strict about 10 days off of running post marathon. And I did see that as one of the questions that I received for an upcoming YouTube Q&A for the Chicago Marathon. I have been posting a lot about like, you know, taking a break. And typically, I am definitely one to only take a few days off. And I feel like last year, my body really felt that. And I definitely feel like it really sort of like added into my injury and like why I got injured because I really jumped straight into half marathon training and I know that there's a lot of research out there that says that after you run a race like a marathon that you're sort of in your peak like fitness and that like it is the time that you'll probably go and like PB your half marathon 10k 5k all that stuff but at the same time I think it's important to do so in a really smart and safe way that is not going to injure yourself or you know cause you to do anything that you shouldn't essentially and so I think that whilst it's been hard for me not to run, I feel like it's definitely been the smartest way of coming back to running. And, you know, like this article says on Thursday, I'm going to be doing a 20 minute run just to kind of see where I'm at and see how my legs are feeling. But I know that it can definitely be daunting if you are taking a break from running post marathon to see other runners running like that have raced the same race as you and maybe they've come back to running sooner than you. But I think it's really important to again remind yourself that like, each runner is on their own journey and you shouldn't be comparing yourself to someone else's journey and I think it's more important to focus on like your own well-being and for me I think I've really taken the time to sleep in and get nine to ten hours of sleep a night and really continue to still nourish my body and fuel myself and there is nothing like a post-race week of food because you are just consistently hungry and I'm not gonna lie I've definitely added in some online shopping to try and help with the post-marathon blues but it's nothing that is going to hurt anyone or hurt myself maybe my wallet but I think it's definitely been just a different way of for me really to cope which probably isn't the healthiest but I think it's also really fun to kind of reflect once you've, like the article says, like once you've sort of taken a good amount of time, like mentally away from the race to then like be able to look back at your results objectively. And I've been pretty open about the fact that I was like very emotional post-race and I was very upset about being about two minutes off of the BQ time. But I feel like in the days since the marathon, like with each day that passes, I can honestly say that I have definitely just seen myself get more and more proud of that progress, especially when I'm comparing it. And I've been reminded of like, you know, comparing it to say like where I was this time last year at Berlin Marathon running a 410. And so it's, you know, a really long way that I've come. And it's something that I want to constantly remind myself. And I feel like it's really easy in moments where like your emotions are so high. And like, you know, you have those chemicals in your body that are just like so high, like your endorphins and your dopamine. So like everything you feel is going to be just like zero to 100, like really quickly. And so I feel like it's been really great to be able to reflect on my running since then. And I think it'll be really, I'm really excited to also just like recap and reflect on some of my races in this episode because I think that that is also a big conversation and just something that I've been thinking about now that I've run my final race of 2023. Right, so we are going to start off with the earliest race that I had this year. It was right after my injury, literally five days after I got cleared from injury rehab. I ran Cambridge Half Marathon and I ran it in a time of 151.06, which was pretty crazy because at the time that was about a minute off of my PB at the 
time and it just felt really good and it was a very big like confidence booster race I think that I really genuinely needed post-injury and I think it really gave me a sense of like okay if I can do this five days post-injury rehab and coming back to running like you know what it's going to be great to kind of like see what I can do this year in running and that was also at the start of sort of like my journey and my relationship with Purdue performance in terms of like getting a running coach and so I was like so excited to finally be cleared and I was so excited to just like start actually doing the run coaching because I was injured for what felt like ages and so so after Cambridge half marathon we started properly training for Manchester marathon which even at that point I only had six weeks but my coach was ready to sort of like really really utilize that but in a smart way coming back from injury so I was someone who was used to six days of running a week and he reduced it for the six weeks to four days but and so instead he focused on having very qualitative sessions rather than having like six sessions where you're just like trying to either up the mileage or just do more training I think he wanted to play it really smart and just keep my training less but more in terms of like the sorts of sessions that I was doing and this is also where I was introduced to new sessions that I had never really done before in my training such as like incorporating speed work into a long run which I feel like just made the worlds of a difference and really just showed me you know how to be able to get into marathon pace on tired legs and as you guys know for Manchester that was sort of the race where I was aiming for sub four but I just like I didn't really want to put too much pressure on myself because I knew that it was sort of my first marathon post-injury I only had six weeks to train versus like the 16 weeks that you would typically have for a marathon but this was also the first race where I or the first marathon where I did not run with a hydration vest and this was something that I was wanting to do for a while but I was quite intimidated by like you know having to rely on the race course for water and just like you know rather than carrying my own but it was yeah a really positive experience if you guys were listening and following at the time I smashed my pb and got like a 28 minute pb so I I got my time down from 410.57 to 342.31 and just like definitely no there's not an unmatched feeling than Manchester Marathon and I that that was such an on top of the world feeling that I just cannot get over and it was just honestly one of the best races ever and yeah I'm really excited hopefully one day I will run it again but if not I will definitely be a spectator next year the next race that I did was in Germany with Adidas and this was really cool because this was sort of like a continuation of my partnership with Adidas and you guys know that throughout this year I've done a lot of work with them which has been super super cool and I really enjoy working with them so getting to go to their headquarters in Germany was really cool but also to run a 5k around their headquarters was even cooler so I raced a 5k and I brought my time down from 2306 to 2216 and that was that was also a really great race definitely not the smartest of like pre-race hydration or fueling and I think it was hard because it was like sort of a brand PR trip so like I wasn't really in like the race day mentality so it like race day sort of came and then I was like oh shoot I feel like I should have been like hydrating more or like eating more and yeah I kind of just worked with what I had and we went from there but yeah 
The next race that I did was in May and it was Hackney Half and I brought my half marathon time from 149.57 to 146.28 and this race was a warm one. Oh my gosh and it was the first time that I had tried a carb drink mix from Morton as well and it was like a really positive experience in terms of just like how it sat on my stomach and I think it was like the first race where I kind of said to myself like okay I want to really make nutrition a priority because I genuinely don't feel like I would have gotten through this race without that carb drink and so it was sort of like from that point that I really wanted to make moves in in terms of like my journey with my nutrition and I've done an episode on that if you want to go and listen to it as well as a YouTube video I'll have it linked in the show notes of the episode. The next technical like 5k PB that I did was at a park run actually and I liked I really treated it as a race like the way that I you know woke up the day of and like had my previous nutrition I you know, arrived there. I did did a little warm up. I did some strides, I believe, maybe, maybe not. But I managed to get my 5k time down from 22.16 to 22.09. And I was the sixth female and third in my age group at Victoria Park, at Victoria Dock Park Run. So that was super exciting and a lot of fun. Um, Definitely not a huge fan of the out and backs, but I... I have yet to do like a proper like 5k dedicated training block and I think I'm a little bit scared because of it because the next race that I did was Asics 10k and as you guys know that was that was a lot. I was not a fan of 10k training because obviously as you would guess there is a ton of speed work and it's very focused on like just running much faster and like when you compare like your marathon or half marathon pace to your 5k and 10k pace it's just a much more uncomfortable pace to like sit at um but it was still a good race I rolled my ankle at 3k but I still managed to get my I still managed to get my time down from 47.38 to 45.52. So again, another really positive one and I really enjoyed it. Saw lots of friends and lots of people who came and said hi. And I really do genuinely love racing in London because I feel like you see so many people that you know and you're able to say hi and it was just a really great day out. I did do a triathlon, but I'm not going to include that in like my little recap, but it was sort of like a really fun like first shot at, uh, at triathlons and I've always wanted to like attempt that and next year in 2024 I have not yet signed up but I would really love to try and do an ultra of some sort and not really race it per se but just like really go out and like to somewhere that's really beautiful and green and just really enjoy it and sort of do that and get that ticked off the list. The next race that I did was official by calf and you guys know this was a pretty wild race and one that I was definitely not expecting but I brought my half marathon time down from 146 28 to 140.24. There was chafing, it was warm, it was humid, there was a lot going on, but I feel like it was really positive in the sense that it was meant to be a tune-up race for me. So in terms of like my PB goals and my goal time, I was aiming for sub 145 and I got 140. So you better believe that I am hoping for a sub 140 time in the cards for 2024. I would love to get into the 130s and hopefully one day, I don't know, maybe break 90 minutes. I think it'd be pretty cool but we'll see and then finally you guys know that Chicago Marathon was a big PB for me as well 
going from 342.31 to 332.09. And upon reflection, I know I, I know for a fact that a BQ is in the cards for me next year. And I feel like as I'm sitting here now sort of reflecting on these races and how far I've come and when I compare it to times from last year. So as I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, my Berlin time this time last year of 410.57, it's really crazy what consistency and hard work can do but I think this year a big theme for me has been learning how important things like sleep and nutrition are in your training and I feel like the more that I really learn to prioritize those things and just like to be an all-around better runner the better that I'll continue to get at running I'm hoping and I know as well also that like even though this was like a massive year of PBs that that may not be next year because as you basically you cannot like always be PBing and like not every race is going to be a PB but I guess like you know at one point or another like I'm going to reach my limit in all of these race distances and it's going to be really hard to get PBs and it's not going to be anything like Manchester where it's like a 28 minute PB and so I know that the PBs will get shorter and they will be less often but I know that it'll make me a lot more grateful for them and If anything, I think I've just been really grateful for this year because I feel like it's really changed me as a runner and Purdy Performance has been a great addition for that and I can't wait to continue to work with them next year and just in the coming years because I honestly can't recommend them more and I get DMs about it all the time like asking if I recommend it to people and people who are just sort of on the fence about coaching. So I know that like running coaching isn't for everyone per se but I think that if it's definitely for those who want to take their running to the next level who are sort of like sitting at this point where you feel like you're in limbo or like you can't really take yourself further. For people who know like the past three marathons prior to Manchester I honestly was sitting between like 410, 412, 413. And I could not break that sub four, but I just like, I could feel it in me. I just didn't know like how to push myself in that way. And so I think for that reason, Purdue has been a really great option for me. And it was really cool as well to work with them for Chicago Marathon. So I'm really excited for next year and just to continue working with them. And I'd say that if you're looking for a coach, definitely do your research and kind of see what's the best option for you in terms of like how often you want to be able to contact them you know what the duration of the coaching is and obviously pricing and like the finances play a huge part into it so a lot of things to definitely consider but I have really been positively reflecting on my first year of having a run coach and I just can't wait to keep going next year because I feel like running is just one of those things where it's not something where you're only good at it when you're young you can continue to do it as you get older and older and it's just something that I find so much you know, just like mental, like positive mental clarity in. So it's something that I hope that to do for like the rest of my life, honestly. And I love this community. I love resiliency and running. And I really appreciate sort of just the growth that we've seen in the past year. I, it's been really cool. And I think like coming from injury as well, like seeing the ways in this community like has really not only supported me but just like kind of grown with me throughout this year and like helped me celebrate every milestone has been really really cool and you know I can't wait to keep to continue it into next year and to soon celebrate four years of podcasting but I definitely will say I'm very excited to see some of the Spotify wrapped so because I know that that's coming up at the end of the year so if you If that does come out sometime soon, I can't remember if it's like October, November, or December, definitely do tag me and let me know if 
this podcast was in your Spotify wrapped because that always is really, really crazy to me because I know that Spotify wrapped really focuses on like what you're listening to the most throughout the year. And so yeah, let me know, tag me. And as always, if you ever want to contact me, any questions, just shoot me a DM or if you ever want me to, if there's like a particular topic that you want me to talk about, definitely let me know. I'm always open to suggestions, but I am really excited to jump back into running soon. And I'm sure that there will be some episodes coming out soon about sort of what my focus is are for 2024 and like sort of how I'll start to work towards them in this year and just the tail end of this year. But I am really, really grateful for this community, as I say time and time again. And so thank you as always for listening. And if you are listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please do leave a review and rating. It really helps the podcast. So yeah, and I will sort of end the episode here and look forward to seeing you in the next one. All right, everyone, that's going to wrap up another episode of the Resiliency and Running podcast. I really do hope that you enjoyed it. As always, any resources or links will be linked in the show notes of the episode, as well as ways to get in contact with me. Otherwise, I look forward to seeing you in the next episode, and I hope that you have a lovely day. Bye.